0: 94.1 FM and 8930 present. The
1: Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Never FDIC.
2: We're coming to you today from the Union Pub and Grill for our usual Monday hangout here. It is The Drive on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. And you can join the program this hour by calling us on the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That's 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, whole true, great taste, only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. And also, you can find me on Twitter. I'm easy to find. At Paul Swan, the show's on Facebook. You search The Drive with paul swan dave walsh is not on social media but he is here today at the <laughs> union pub and grill 1125 fourth avenue in huntington always
0: our favorite place to be on a monday yes and, uh, we got is. a lot to get into today Woo. sir i still in shock after saturday, friday i keep saying saturday but it was friday you're in shock over friday you're in shock over sunday well you me you got me the one but you know they got humbled. Your team had a chance. They my, had the chance. My
2: team had a great chance, and we're talking about the Bengals, my team, and the his extra team, point, right? They would have maybe gone for it because yeah. at that point you were hoping you get the goal, you get the ball back and right. you go down and right. make a score. But, but I might have just gone for it <laughs> yeah. instead but, uh, of trying to play for the field goal. But you get a new coach. You, I know. And that's not even the thing I want to get into today because I thought we could talk a little bit about the Marshall game. We could talk a little bit. And then you
0: had some interesting things happen since then.
2: Yes. So um, let us get you caught up on everything. First of all, uh, we are going to recap a little bit of Boise State. Marshall 14-7 victory by Boise State on Friday. But the big news coming out of Marshall today, and this uh, happened uh, a little bit in the afternoon, Thundering her running back Tyler King has been dismissed due to a violation of team rules and policies. The statement also reads the department will have no further comment regarding this matter. So basically, here it is Marshall has dismissed Tyler King, and this is the only comment you're going to hear from the department. Let the speculation <laughs>
0: and rumors go. Yes, look on the old social media and whatever like that, but uh, that's what usually happens. In house, he's gone. That's it. We're not going to say anymore. I can't, we can't change anything. He is history, and he was one of the top running backs back from last year. So now, somebody from one of those next up is up.
2: Well, we'll find out who that's going to be. <laughs> but
0: Brendan Knox
2: was uh, a wall that second yes. half, and it wasn't maybe because he just wasn't performing well. He just he didn't get any touches. No. So he had 10 total touches in that game, 71 total yards. He had one touchdown, of course, uh, the big one that um, got the herd on the board. And they were playing pretty well. Yeah. I thought the running game was doing some nice things, and then in the second half, that just goes Don't away. Know what happened. Same thing with Tyler King. I mean, he had five touches, 17 total yards. He had a loss of one, so he got to keep 16 of them. He had a, a long of 13, so one carry for 13 amassed to most of his yardage. Right. So he averaged 3.2 yards in that game. Uh, Knox was averaging 7.1 yards per game or per carry. Right. So – That was my first big question. I thought
0: we would get into that today. What happened to Brendan Knox? I don't know. He's in the huddle. It's like did they not see his number anymore? Because you you mentioned what he had done, and then we're still mystified by the second half. This is 2019. You've practiced since the first of August. You have zero yards and zero first downs and one half of football. That is tough. To understand how that could happen.
2: Now, moving forward, Tyler King no longer on no. the roster. That means we're going to see more Brendan Knox. Is he going to be the uh, the workhorse? He's going to get the, the load. He's going to get all the carries.
0: He will get. He will. I, I, I'm saying right now, he better be getting 20 touches a game somehow, some way. Hand it to him. Throw it to him. Pitch it to him. Do something. Get him some touches. Because you saw what he can do. But if his ball's not in his hands, he can't do a thing. He can't do a thing. Maybe block for pass protection or something, but he's the kind of guy, Paul, like you said, you've got to get the ball in his hand. He's got to get touches. I'd say easily 20 a game. He's a young man. He can recover from week to week.
2: Now, I hope you're right on that front, but <laughs> that's the question. Yeah. Who's going to be uh, else in that backfield that's uh, going to step up? Where Where is the herd mindset right that's now? That's right. And so anything we say before Doc says is going to be speculation. until
0: tomorrow, and then, uh, and then come Saturday night, you're just hit, after Tyler, uh, Brendan Knox... Who's the next number to go out there? You'll be, you'll be scurrying the roster to go, like, who's this guy? That's the way Brendan Knox came on the board last year. Who is he? And now look where he is. And he's a man now. Yeah. He has got to carry the load running. Too bad we didn't
2: see enough of him no. on Friday. So the Thundering Herd, they're getting ready for Boise State's um, after party. I mean, really, it's just basically it's it's the after party. You try to get over that. You you try to get that feeling. Get on a plane, get home, and and I think they've shook that off. They're a little disappointed, but they've shook that off for the most part. So, Boise State knew that they survived.
0: Yes, they were in a fight. Everything you read said this is kind of game. Maybe we didn't play our best. Marshall gave us everything they had, and we snuck out with a W. Let's move forward. I mean, their coach gave all the credit to Marshall's defense. He said, "Hey, they played one way of football game. Boise State." When's the last time they scored 14 points in a game? They usually have that after the first two possessions. Look, you told me that Marshall
2: held Boise State
0: to 14, the 14 points.
2: points. Yeah, I would tell you that Marshall <laughs> won the game. Yeah. yeah. Well, I would just say you won the game.
0: I would. I would. But, you know, only getting seven. I mean, and their quarterback, one touchdown pass. He ran, and they ran for one right before the half. Uh, they held him in check pretty good. They held him in check pretty good. It's just uh, where did Brendan Knox go and where did the pass Attack go because that was definitely non-existent. We'll Friday hear tonight.
2: We'll hear a little bit from Isaiah Green later on. Just uh, player interviews were today. Yeah. We'll get a little bit of that. Also, uh, we'll get a little bit from and uh, not Coach Solich. No, uh, Tim Album, Tim Album, Ohio associate head coach and offensive coordinator was on the teleconference today for the Mid-American Conference, and uh, they lost to um, Pitt. A good Pitt team. Or are they a good pit team? I don't know. Be, be
0: well, Virginia got the first week, and they got one last week with uh, beating a high U, so one and one. But uh, OU is one and one, and they're playing for something the Bell.
2: We'll talk about that Bell as well. So later on, we'll hear from a few Marshall players uh, about the Bell, or at least the rivalry or yes. lack thereof of rivalry. This is a big game for Herd fans, maybe not so much for players, other than the fact that it's next game. I think really that's where <laughs> most of their mindset Mindset's is. the next game up. Yes. SO NEXT GAME UP IS WHAT THEIR MINDSET IS. PLUS THEY DON'T NEED ANY EXTRA MOTIVATION. THEY LOSE at A GAME WHICH MANY OF THEM FELT THAT THEY SHOULD HAVE WON, A FEW THINGS GO THEIR WAY OR THEY MAKE SOME PLAYS, so THEY WIN THAT GAME. SO YOU KNOW THERE'S GOING TO BE A CHIP ON SOME HERD PLAYERS' SHOULDERS TO GO OUT AND TRY TO ERASE THE BAD FEELING FROM THIS and is the next team up. So we'll talk about that when we continue. We'll also run down what happened in Conference USA over the weekend, take a look ahead at what's up next for the conference. And of course, we'll get your phone calls in at 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. I'm Paul Swan, Dave Walsh with me as well. We're here today at the Union Pub and Grill, 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. You can join us for the Monday special. $2 call shots, $1.50 bottles all Monday long here at the Union Pub and Grill. we got more on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Offers. The Drive with Paul
0: Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Green in the gun on first down, hands it off to Knox. Right, turns it upfield at the hash mark at the ten, breaks it Leaves at the five, and he's in. It's a 13-yard touchdown run for Brandon Knox, and Marshall draws first blood. Six to nothing, Thundering Herd with a minute and two on the clock.
2: That's Steve Cotton with the call. Friday's loss—that was the excitement that got everyone really optimistic. Uh, You take the early lead. Brendan Knox gets the touchdown, and you're thinking, all right, Hurd is going to be able to play with this team, and they did unfortunately just could not get any more offense. That was it. That was your only offensive uh, touchdown of the game. You couldn't get anything else, and you lose a tough one 14-7, and we're going to hopefully get the bad taste out of our mouths on that one as the Bobcats are coming to town. They uh, battle the bell Hopefully there will be some more touchdowns, and uh, we'll get to hear some more <laughs> Steve Cotton highlights yes. next week. But uh, that was the big one. You, you you saw that, you heard that, and you're like, all right, this team is finding ways to get yardage on the ground, and Brendan Knox is going to
0: gash them all day. Exactly. And you're thinking up 7 nothing, and after a while you have to think their coach is starting to go, wait a minute, why is this team still hanging around? They got to the really – a, a, a big score right before halftime, that two snaps before the score, Marshall almost fell on a fumble. That would have been huge, but seven, seven, and they get a quick touchdown start in the third quarter. And after that, it was just, who if they could get one more and it didn't happen, uh, made some big plays, fumble recovery, an interception on a great tip, but they couldn't convert, could not convert.
2: Mid-American conference, press conference, uh, teleconference today, uh, every week, the, uh, the MAC uh, gets the coaches uh, on the phone, and let us ask questions of them, and usually we get Frank Solich. When it's Ohio on the teleconference, it's Coach Solich. No, not today. Uh, instead, we get Tim Album, who is the associate head coach and the offensive coordinator for the Bobcats. So Tim Albin knows what he's talking about. He's your offensive coordinator. He's definitely the guy you want to talk to this week when it comes to Marshall. And one of the first questions asked of him after he basically talked about the Bobcats was, what about that Marshall defense? Uh, the question was, uh, what's the biggest challenge that Marshall defense represents?
1: Well, uh, to be honest with you, they're, they're, they are going to be the, they are extremely fast and athletic. Um, they're not as big, big as Pittsburgh, but uh, that we just got done playing on Saturday. They don't have, you know, as far as just the weight goes, but they are faster and then Pittsburgh. There's not any question in my mind. Just you know, we've been. I got a chance to watch the Boise game on TV a little bit, you know, uh, Friday night. And then we've been studying, studying the first two. Uh, they had they they lost their defensive coordinator from a year ago. Um, got moved up to went went on to Memphis, I think is what it was. And they hired mm-hmm. from within and, and have a co, a co- coordinator there. They hired from the outside, but there there's a lot of similarities from from last year's scheme. To this year's scheme, you know, it's not it's not exactly, but there's a lot of similarities. You got a different guy calling it. I think they've they've got a special a special um, D lineman in the, in '94. The the Hams kid is uh, dynamic, uh, long, uh, you know, 260. I think think's what they got on the list of that. But he is a dynamic player. We are, we are going to have to know where he is at at all times. Um, he is going to be a matchup uh that we're going to be concerned with and then um um number four the, the the Beckett linebacker kid can run i know he's you know it's listed at 510 209 but he plays like i mean he is phenomenally great in space um he gave Boise fits they, they couldn't block him i mean they could not they did not get him blocked i mean they're running a stretch they're running a stretch zone away from the kid and he is turning the back making the back cut back before he gets to his, before he gets to his fourth step i mean the, the dude is the just can move can move and then um i think they return one of the field maybe their field corner number three uh and then their boundary safety they do it they do have a nice package with him uh they, they use him in pressure they ask him to blitz he's long athletic and um um it's gonna have to be you know our quarterback nathan's gonna have to know where he's at in in, in the protections um so just from a defensive standpoint, uh, um, not as big as Pitt, but, but extremely fast. And um, we're going to have to establish the line of scrimmage and and and, and, and give Nathan opportunities to do some play action stuff. We're not going to be able to just, just drop back and throw, you know, just zing it around uh, on these guys because they can get after the quarterback. That's your
2: offensive coordinator for Ohio, breaking down what he's got to deal with this week. And, of course, 94 is Channing Hames, and he also referenced number three, Chris Jackson, and he referenced number four, Devontae Beckett. So those are three men that have got his attention
0: right off the bat. They do. The biggest thing that I took from that one was he said, hey, they might not be the biggest team we'll play, but they are fast. They are fast. Boise went to block somebody. Guess what? He wasn't there. He was turning a play back inside. So Ohio has got to account for Marshall's speed on defense. Got to account for that speed on defense. When they go to get somebody, they got to get them because if they miss them, they're going to find the football, run it down, and and, and make plays. And he knows that.
2: Now, they've got a pretty good quarterback. Oh, yes. Nathan Rourke. And if you don't know too much about him, the question earlier to uh, Coach Album was, you know, for the uninitiated, what makes Rourke special?
1: Well, I, it's his third year start, and for us, he's got, he's got a ton of experience as far as game experience, and has played on the big stage. Um, so I think you see going in that two that a guy's year's your quarterback his senior year, I mean, you feel comfortable, you know, with with, with those things. He's a great, great leader, um is a, even a better better young man off the field. Is a 4.0 student. Um, we we do, uh, I mean, he. Has the ability to do what he wants to do at the line of scrimmage. Just about. He's got more more freedom than probably any any quarterback that we've had, including and you know that's including Tyler Tyler, Tyler Tudelton, who's 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 played at Huntington and we did a lot with him. But um, Nathan is uh, um, taken to the next level. He's done a good job of leading the football team. So um, you know the short version would be the experience, and, and he's obviously he's a talented he's a talented young man, and he's off to a good start. And we, we had a rough day Saturday. But uh, I think, you know, Pittsburgh had a lot to do with that. And um, Nathan will be faced with a tough challenge uh, with um, Marshall's defense for sure.
2: Yeah, he did have a rough day. Uh, 15 for 2,777 yards, no touchdowns against Pitt. And the Herds hoping that they
0: can make that look even worse when they get a chance to get at him on Saturday. And the biggest thing, he didn't rush that much. He's a very good option quarterback. He runs that little sprint option down the line and things of that nature. And uh, that wasn't there Saturday, and the Marshall is going to do their best to make sure he doesn't get the opportunity this Saturday. Not, he's good enough that you got to count for him, if you don't, he'll beat you. Make it, make him pitch it back to the guy five yards behind the line of scrimmage and go from there and run the ball down.
2: Now the spreads I see so far is I think five right now or uh, yeah, minus five here. Uh, I don't know if the herd's getting much love as far as the uh, the odds-makers are concerned or they're just expecting a low-scoring game. I don't know which, but Marshall's offense really not lighting it up right now, and Marshall's defense um, really exciting a lot of people here. Uh, Is Ohio the right team to get healthy on?
0: I don't know if it's the right team, but it's the only team you can get healthy on because they're next up on the schedule. And you know, Paulie, Marshall's had their hands full with them the last few years. The last time they were here, they won. So uh, their quarterback knows how to win at this stadium. I think there'll be a good crowd because after what happened Friday, they'll want to rebound and get back in the mix, and that's rival with HiU. But uh, they know how to win a football game here. They won't be intimidated. They will not be intimidated. They've won here before. Could have won here twice, but they went for the two points to win it the, first the other time and did not make it. I still don't understand that one. But Coach Solich may be on the higher side in years, but uh, the guy wins football games. He wins football games.
2: Now, this series hasn't been played in a few years, and we're going to get into this here in a little bit, but let me touch base with you on this first, because just talking to players today, kind of getting their feel, it's the next game. That's where their focus is. There isn't anything super special about this game, for the most part, for some of these guys. Other guys know what this is about, but really the excitement of it's Ohio maybe lies solely with the fans, not the players. They're just thinking, hey, next opponent, they're a good team. We're going to play them. We're going to hopefully fix what we had wrong against Boise and get the win and move on. For Herd fans, though, it's the battle for the bell. I don't know what that means to a multitude of fans, but I know there's that friendly rivalry, and I think that's fair to say, a friendly rivalry with Ohio. It's not like the rivalry with Miami of Ohio. At least Ohio, you can have friends, relatives, and um, you can have, you know, you can go and hang out and have dinner with an Ohio fan, and there won't be any
0: problems. Mm -hmm. That's the rivalry it is. Yeah, it it will be intense. I don't know how many will come down from Athens, but it will be an intense game, a rivalry game, the Bell, and these two schools go way back that's part of it too from the mac days when uh, marshall got booted out of the mac the last game when they played a high you here and the referees were chased off the field so there's there's some issues between the two and anytime they beat them marshall really enjoys it after what happened they like you know paybacks
2: isn't that the older herd fan issue oh yeah
0: me you (laughs) you you remember those specifically dave walsh a fan i remember those days later on in life when they started playing, and uh, Coach Pruitt and the guys, they made life pretty tough for Mar- for the Ohio University Bobcats. They handled them pretty regularly when they were on the schedule. And I think, personally, like you said, schedule-wise, this is one you should play every year. I would play it every year. 80 miles apart, you're going to get a gate. It's going to, you know, you're a MAC Conference USA, uh, it makes sense. It makes sense.
2: Why not have this be just a game that's on the schedule every year? You could play Marshall, Ohio, and then it gives you – a few more games to go, schedule a non-conference. Yeah. I would rather have a game like this than maybe, say, a, uh, a FCS school. And I know you you got to play the t- schools that will play you. That's part of it. You've got to right. play those teams. And maybe you can't get Ohio on the schedule every year, but I would like to see this every year because Marshall doesn't have any real true rivals. No, they do not. This might be one, but there's not that really excitement other than, hey, this is the next game for a lot of fans.
0: Right. Because, you know, you had Miami, as you mentioned, but when you play them two times and they're gone for a while, Ohio U, they're going to play this year, next year, then there's a break. They renewed the rivalry a little bit. Southern Miss was our, I thought, the CUSA rival for the first time in a long time. They're not on the schedule. So right now you're outside of Western Kentucky. Maybe you're uh, rival list, so to speak.
2: Well, you are. You (laughs) You look at your division, here's the rivals here. Western Kentucky, their big rivals, Middle Tennessee. Right. I would think Charlotte and Old Dominion be fair. Is that fair? Those two? Those, maybe? Yeah, they're,
0: you know, they're, yeah.
2: Okay, and then you got Florida Atlantic and FIU. Those two probably want to get after each right. other the most. And then you have Marshall.
0: And then we're up here?
2: I don't know. Does Marshall occupy that uh, member one time everybody wanted to get Florida? Yeah, and now everybody he, wants to get Alabama. It, I mean, does Marshall occupy that space, or am I uh, am I elevating them too high?
0: I don't think it's quite there like it used to be. They're working on it, but they're, right now, Marshall's on the schedule. You know you got to bring it. Boise saw, I was surprised they held them to 14 points. You have to bring it. And what That one season, what, two or three years ago was a pretty long year, you just, you just wrote them off. No, they're going to account for themselves every Saturday, every Friday, whatever day they play. They will give a good accounting. It's just you need some things to happen. Uh, you can always say they made one more play than we did, but when you go a whole half, that doesn't that doesn't work. I'm sure coach Holiday, coach Cramsey are putting the midnight oil on extra burners or whatever to find a way to come up with something that's going to click when the Bobcat's roll in.
2: Well, defensively they seem to have everything in place offensively still questions. So VMI was not a true indicator and maybe Boise's not a true indicator as well because again, they did that kind of stuff to Florida State. So this isn't the first time. Plus, you go into a hostile environment That's a place that they don't lose. They do not lose at home very often on that blue turf. They do not. Their home
0: field advantage is pretty much almost like what Marshall's used to be. Right. It's a tough place to play. And, you know, it's one of those games when you're the visitor, you kind of take the crowd out a little bit after that first half. You get the touchdown. They get a little uneasy. You let them get in a little bit with the touchdown before halftime, and then you have a chance to get over the top a little bit with that quick score in the third quarter. But for the most part, Marshall kept the crowd out of the game. They did everything you need to do to give yourself a chance to win in the fourth quarter. When we
2: continue, uh, today was an opportunity to catch up with a few of the players, get their thoughts on the upcoming game with Ohio. We'll hear from them later on. We'll take time for your phone calls. We're coming to you today from the Union Pub and Grill. This is where we hang out every Monday. That's right. You can join us now at 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. We've got the Monday special, $2 call shots, $1.50 bottles. It's every Monday here at the Union Pub and Grill. We've got more on the way. It's The Drive on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930, presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank Cafe. This is the drive with Paul Swan on ESPN ninety four point one FM and AM nine thirty. Presented by the Huntington Federal Savings Bank. We are here today at the Union Pub and Grill, 1125 4th Avenue, Huntington. You can always join us on Mondays here at the Union Pub and Grill and take advantage of the drink specials, $2 call shots, $1.50 bottles all day, all night, right here at the Union Pub and Grill. I'm Paul Swan. I'm joined always on Mondays by former Young Thundering Herd quarterback Dave Walsh. And today, a chance to catch up with a few of the players, Dave. Uh, now, I'm not going to say that this was a indicator of what the mindset was, but it was a little low-key today. Maybe yeah, not as easy to talk to media after a loss than it is a win, but the, these guys seem focused. I can say that. It's just it was a low-key affair, and uh, we had a chance to catch up with a few guys, including uh, Isaiah Green, um, Devontae Beckett, uh, Tyler Brown. We're going to hear from him here in a minute, but uh, these guys have got to turn this thing around quickly. They can't – the defense can't sit there and go – we had a great performance. They've got to turn their attention to Ohio. The offense can't go, we did not do what we needed to do to win. They've got to let that go and move
0: on. How difficult is that, especially a close game? All boils down to making plays. The defense made the plays, except for the one right before the halftime and a little zone, and that guy split the zone for the touchdown. They made plays. Offense, you just, like you mentioned, you burn the film, whatever you do, and you get back to what you're doing. Brendan Knox, as you mentioned, he better touch it 20 times or more. And and, and Isaiah has got to – and the receivers have got to pose more of a threat than what happened to Friday night because right now I can guarantee you defenses are looking under and going like, well, Obie hasn't showed up yet. The transfer from U.K. has not been a factor yet. Who's out there to scare anybody? Who's there to scare anybody? Plus, Somebody, again, is on the receiver side has got to go, I want the ball like Tyree Brady did.
2: Plus, if you're looking at this film now, you can go, okay, scratch Tyler King. Right. You don't have to prep for him now. No.
0: I mean, 100-yard back is now history. Their defensive coordinator probably went, thank you. I don't know what you did, but thank you. That's one less weapon they have to, uh, to call on. Well
2: no. Brendan Knox needs to be more of a factor in this game, the wide receivers as well. But Isaiah Green is getting ready for Ohio now. And, you know, he he knows that there are some things that they could have done differently. So we're not going to just uh, rehash that and beat up on him. Instead, we're going to look ahead to Ohio and He's got a chance already. Some of these guys have seen some film, as I learned through the years. Some of these guys haven't seen much yet. And some of them have watched on their own already. And Isaiah Green's one of those guys. He's seen some of the Ohio film. He's seen Ohio taking on Pitt. And he was asked the question, what did he see when watching Ohio?
1: I see a, a defense that plays hard, you know. Everybody does their job, always in the right gap or the right assignment that they have. You know they play a lot of a lot of one high shells. You know a lot of cover three man type stuff. You know they play some quarters in there too. That's just what I got a quick look at. watching.
2: He'll see more, of course, film studies coming up this right. week, so he'll see a lot more. But the thing that a lot of these guys talked about today, when we were catching up with them, is you know, this is the basic stuff. I mean, I'm not going to play exactly what they said, but it's making plays. You know, being in position to do the right thing. I mean that stuff is really coach speak. It's what the coaches have probably drilled in their head, but you're trying to drill down a little bit into what it is about this game this week that's maybe got them excited or what are they trying to do here after that boise loss. And it's Ohio, it's the battle for the bell. That's a great marketing slogan. Exactly. We're we're gonna talk about it, the battle for the bell, as if it means a lot. And for a while, the bell sat in a closet somewhere, right? <laughs> yes, it did. Yeah, so how how exciting is this battle it, it, for the bell, really, if that thing sat in a closet and, for a and while? I think
0: right now it might be in Ohio's possession. And I remember one year when they won up there, as soon as the game was over, they raced to the end zone, got the bell, and started ringing it. They were loving every minute of it. They, You know, they know what it means. And I'm sure the guys here, they want it here. They want to go down and ring it. That would be so nice to ring the bell and make the uh, what happened Friday night a distant, distant memory. Well, to go back to your point there, they hadn't
2: seen the bell for so long, and they if <laughs> what I, is this? And so they got the trophy, and they're ringing it, and all of a sudden you realize, well, wait a minute, this means something to somebody here. Uh, me personally, I think it's a trinket, the bell. I'm not a big fan. I'm just <laughs> right. going to reiterate that. Now okay. let's get it out of the way for the week. Uh, I think it's a Tinker Bell, but we will. <laughs> I mean, it's a, it's a little dingy. Yeah. It's a little bell. Uh, it's not a big maget. I mean, Huntington High and Charleston uh, have a, a bigger bell that's now uh, Huntington High and Capital to battle right. for. Right. That's a that's
0: a bell. That's a bell.
2: I mean, I came from uh, coming up in high school seeing what a bell <laughs> looked like for a rivalry and seeing this little riverboat bell. But yes. I, I just want to get that out of the way now. Let's get it out of my system. I like that. The tinker bell, let it go. We're going <laughs> to move on from that. That's my only diss of the bell this week, maybe. But. The bell, it's, it's a trophy, you're playing for something, you're playing for a symbol, you've got a long-standing rivalry, even though maybe you don't have it on the football field as of late with Ohio, and so it's the bell. It means something to, to a lot of players, for others not so much. Kane Madden, he did talk a little bit about this rivalry, so he does know something about the Marshall-Ohio battles. It's really big, honestly. Like The very first college game I've ever watched was here, when uh, 2015 or no 2014, OU played Marshall. It was the very first college game I ever experienced, and it was just, it just, uh, it's been growing. And ever since, it's going to be an exciting, exciting game, and it's going to, it's going to be fun. Did you say that was a, a recruiting trip, or just you coming? No, it in was and just, seeing a game? it was just me uh, watching. I had a friend that went to my high school that played for OU an offensive lineman, so I just came up to watch him, and now. I'm here at Marshall and going to play OU. Yeah, going to say, was that a day that kind of the light came on? Said, I want to be a part of that someday." Yeah, it was. Yeah, it just it was a crazy experience. Like the atmosphere and all the fans. It was, it was a good trip, eye opening for sure. So he knows
0: something about yeah. the battle. Not everyone does, though. He's got. He came, like he said, 2014 or something. He got a picture of it. Uh, the schools are like 80, 81 miles apart. Uh, they play in almost everything so uh there's a rivalry there they they like each other but they don't like each other come saturday night frank solich is uh, on the older side but the guy can still coach and uh, doc has got has got to find a way to energize uh this group of uh, gentlemen to uh, come out for uh, saturday night and, and make up for what happened because that was not the marshall team we thought we would see out there at
2: Boise. Another guy that's actually excited for this game is Tyler Brown. He talks about playing Ohio. Remember, he comes into this game. He's a linebacker. He's not a quarterback anymore.
0: No. no. I don't know. Last time Ohio played here, I was still in high school, and I was in the stands as a fan, so that's pretty cool. Now I'm, then I was playing quarterback. I never thought I'd be playing linebacker playing Ohio five years later down the road, so kind of crazy how stuff happens. I just remember it being a physical game, just a tough game. It was a four-quarter game, which is what it's going to probably come down to this weekend. So he has an understanding. This thing is not going to be a blowout. Ohio's not going to come in here, roll over. No, they did, they're did. they not. Uh, they had a tough time at Pitt, but uh, they survived. Their quarterback, who I think was a little underweather, they said he'll be back uh, more so at full strength than he was against the Panthers. They know the headaches he can cause got to slow him down, got to disrupt him, and, and, and Isaiah and the guys have got to find a comfort zone because last week there was no comfort zone. They struggled from start to finish, and it really showed in the second half.
2: Tevonte Beckett, we caught up with him earlier this afternoon as well, and he also has watched a little bit on Ohio. Here's here's, here's his early thoughts. I watched um, them play Pitt, and uh, I, see, I see the way they play, so I know what type of game we're walking into. What stood out to you? Uh, their defense play really well.
1: Uh, just effort, you know, they run to the ball. Similar to like what we do, you can tell they discipline and stuff. So, Just taking in what I only watched one game on them, so just so far I just noticed how, how hard they play.
0: He's
2: seen a little bit of this. He knows what's going on.
0: Right, he does. He knows that uh, they've got to bring it. They've got to bring it. Uh, Back to Boise for a second. Uh, the Jim Moore, the announcer, Friday night had a lot of good things to say about Mr. Beckett. The way he ran to the football, very hard to block, and he's got to be that way when the green or the Bobcats show up. He's going to have to be hard to block. Whoever's got the ball, find him, bring him down.
2: Now, these guys know about this series. Not everyone does, um, no. and I'm not putting him on the spot. But <laughs> we asked Xavier Gaines about this. Hey, what do you know about this Marshall Ohio rivalry here? It's a big week. It's the battle for the bell. AND HE WAS PRETTY CANDID WITH US. THAT'S CUT NINE, GABRIEL. I MEAN, I'M GOING TO BE HONEST. I REALLY um, DON'T KNOW ABOUT THE RIVAL WITH MARSHALL IN OHIO. Um,
0: I KNOW THE YEAR BEFORE
2: I CAME HERE, uh, WE LOST TO THEM. CHASE WAS THE QUARTERBACK. Um, I'VE BEEN HERE IN a TOUGH PHYSICAL TEAM.
1: And I'M JUST READY FOR THE for OPPONENT.
2: SO HE KNOWS LITTLE ABOUT THE SERIES, BUT HE'S FOCUSED ON THE NEXT OPPONENT. Because we're the ones talking about it. it's the battle. I mean, this isn't really a thing until it comes up. Right. You're so you playing the for the field. You're playing for the bell. Okay, what's that mean? You're, okay, you're playing Ohio. We well, haven't seen them in a few years. So what's that mean? It means something to you and me. Right. We, right. We've seen them for a while. We've, we've seen this. Remember when they would play every year. And then when they get into the Mid-American Conference, they would play even more, it felt like. And now they don't play
0: as much. Kind of sporadic. This year, next year up there, then there's a little break, but they renewed it. But it's, they should play every year. But Xavier will find out during the week what this game means. When that green against the Marshall green shows up, he will understand how important it is. And after what happened last week, it's doubly important now. They cannot go back-to-back in reverse.
2: Because they want to get that win, too. They want to get the taste out of their mouth what happened against Pitt. Marshall wants to get over the disappointment of losing the Boise State. And I'm sure the fans will get a hold of these kids. You know how the fans are. They're going to point out on social media all this week, hey, no, this is a big deal here. And before with social media being a big thing, I mean, you would talk to players. You would see them at functions. And you might drop a little knowledge on them or talk about it in the off season. Some of the older players might go, hey, you know, this is kind of a big deal. Hey, no, social media now, if they don't know, they'll know by Friday. Exactly. They'll know by Saturday. They'll probably know by, well, they probably
0: know now. They knew by midnight Friday. Okay, this one's in the books. so how I use next, and, and, and we're reading some messages, and uh, I think Levi Brown put out, hey, nobody's more embarrassed than we are. There's only one way to fix it, Saturday night against a high U. We can rectify everything in four quarters. You know, basketball probably is where this series uh,
2: survives better just because you can get them on the schedule more. Exactly, but this year they don't play in basketball, I don't think. We will continue with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. We're here today at the Union Pub and Grill. And you can always join us on Monday, 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington is where we're at. And, of course, what's the reason to come down? Well, you got multiple ones. First of all, I'm here. Dave Walsh is here also. You've got the Monday special. you get got $2 specials. call shots. You've got $1.50 bottles, and you can get that every Monday here at the Union Pub and Grill. we got more on the way. It's The Drive, ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930.
0: Don't worry. Paul Swan has the wheel
2: on The Drive, ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. We're coming to you today from the Union Pub and Grill, 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. It is The Drive on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. Presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank, Paul Swan and Dave Walsh with you for our Monday conversation. Busy weekend in Conference USA just passed, and of course looking ahead, let's look back at what happened in the league. Nah, not so good.
0: Not so no, good. Another tough one, but there's one surprise. When you go down, we'll make note of it. Okay, so first what shocker, of all, so to speak,
2: w- was the Western Kentucky game the shocker for you? I was going, what in the world? I watched some of that game. It was terrible to watch. It was pain. <laughs> I'm serious. It painful? was painful to watch. Yeah. I was not impressed with Western. I was not impressed okay. with FIU. And,
0: and they're picked. They're picked with Marshall to, to possibly win the East. And you're going. They're all in two right now.
2: If is the contender to Marshall, <laughs> and let's put it this way: if Marshall loses this East Division, I want to say it again. We got a problem. Yes.
0: We got a problem. Yes. Because, I mean, you're you you you're very objective, but you're going like, dude, this is hard to watch. I have to turn the channel. I had to actually go find the game. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I'm serious. Okay. I had to go search it out. so <laughs> okay. I want to watch it. Uh, Louisiana Tech got the win over Grambling 20-14, so no surprise there. Uh, Middle Tennessee got the win over Tennessee State 45-26. Again, no surprise no. there. Uh, I said that UAB has to go in and beat Akron. You can't lose to the MAC and – UAB took care of business for me, thirty-one twenty victors over right. Akron. So that's a good win for it them. Was. I mean, that's a program you better watch out for. North yes. Texas might be the the heir apparent in the West, but UAB is going to have something to say about it.
0: And they, they play each other down the road, but uh, that was on television, one of the networks we could find. And UAB came into town and got the job done at Akron.
2: UCF, seventeenth ranked UCF, uh, got the easy win over Florida Atlantic, forty-eight fourteen. So the lane train is falling <laughs> apart. What's going on down there?
0: And. We talked about the no quarterbacks at UCF. They had another guy play quarterback. The guy who played last week, they didn't play him. They put another guy in. Didn't matter, 40-some points, and the lane train has been uh, its off the tracks right now, big time. So if the lane train's off the track, how about Charlotte? How's that wagon rolling? Well. <laughs>
2: Appalachian State and Charlotte, you know where all the Marshall offense went? It probably went to this game. Appalachian State defeated Charlotte 56-41 in the no defense game.
0: That was the uh, Big 12 uh, wannabes because that's the way it usually goes. Charlotte 41, but you know, Appy. that was fun to watch if you're into watching offense. The 10-3 to game, no. 56-41, I'm entertained. And the, and the home team won
2: north texas your west division air parent uh, had some problem with smu they lose that one 49-27 back to the drawing board for them
0: that was one of those smu on the you know in the aac and here's your your flagship in the west got thumped got thumped
2: old dominion um i think a valiant effort against virginia tech and of course they fall to virginia tech 31 17 so no repeat there but still, Old Dominion. I, I give them credit; they were in that contest. Uh, the score is uh, is close. It's it's respectable. You don't want to talk in terms of respectable losses, but uh, here it is.
0: They're not big on moral victories, but it's, you know, the, the people envision something going crazy after what happened last year. Old Dominion played with them, and right now there's um, there's a little, I do not say dissension in Blacksburg, but th- that's not what they're used to seeing when Justin came to town. This is not what they thought they would be seeing. No, and then Baylor just handles UTSA
2: 63-14, nothing to see here, move along. And then Texas Tech handles UTEP 38-3 again, nothing to see here, move along. Paycheck day. Um, <laughs> what was a little bit more exciting to see was uh, Rice has a little offense, but they uh, fall to Wake Forest 41-21. I was hoping that Rice would give them a little bit more of a game. There. They did for a
0: while, but you could just see slowly but surely the game turning, and, then, and they just went off and left them. So, Saturday has a full slate of Conference USA action. We've got Florida
2: Atlantic at Ball State. That's – I don't know if that's a winnable game now. The way
0: they're playing right now, I don't know either.
2: Now, I'm also going to say Army beats UTSA because I'm high on Army this year.
0: Dude, that's two years in a row. They had Oklahoma beat, let it get away. They had Michigan beat and let it get away. So, don't admit that the Black Knights are tough. They are tough.
2: And now here's a game where I think Louisville should be favored a little bit more, but Louisville's taking on Western Kentucky. This game's going to be in Nashville. It's going to be broadcast on Stadium, but Louisville, Western Kentucky, that should be an interesting game should to be. say the least.
0: I, I would have to favor Louisville on this one. Would have to be uh, favoring them, but at the same time, Western major shot in the arm after what they did last week in a league game. They're sitting at the top of division right now, and, it, and it's a rival game, Western, Louisville. I guess uh, 65, they'll get there, and we'll see what happens. But uh, Louisville should get them, but we thought that last week, and then Western said not so fast.
2: North Texas at California, that's on the Pac-12 network. Uh, <laughs> you you should look shocked we can there. We get that one. Uh, you might be able to get it. Is that 10.30 our time? Um, Probably. Still, North Texas was the team everyone's talking about. Hey, if there's a Conference USA group of Fives team here, here it is. Here's there's North Texas. Here's your chance. Um, not so fast. Not so fast. And then you've got Louisiana Tech at Bowling Green.
0: La Tech. Bowling Green has kind of gone down a little bit as well.
2: Not been as good as since Urbans have been there, right?
0: No. Uh, Massachusetts at Charlotte. I'm going to
2: have to actually take Charlotte in this one.
0: Poor Mass. Independent, travel, travel, uh, and it's tough on them. Tough on them. And then you've
2: got Southern Miss at Troy. If Troy wins this, it's, again, going to be a blow to Conference USA. But Troy's not a bad team. No.
0: The coach is gone, but they still have the tradition there. Yeah,
2: New Hampshire to FIU. This will be a winnable game for FIU. Should be. Duke at Middle Tennessee, and I I don't know who to take here, so I'll I'll take Duke.
0: You should take Duke, but uh, you never know. Middle might be one of those things like this is their chance to make a statement with the power five in town, so we'll see what happens. But Duke should have the weapons, although they're coming off a tough loss last week. Then I take Texas at Rice. I take Texas every day. Texas in a heartbeat. Uh, they, they have a chance to make up big time for what happened last week.
2: Volleyball action over the weekend. Hey, they go to the Georgetown Invitational, sweep that thing, and then uh, Sierra DeBell named Conference USA Co-Offensive Player of the Week, so that came out today. Yeah, I mean, she was amazing. The uh, thundering herd all of a sudden coming out and sweeping a tournament. Uh, Ari Agonis. Um, She's doing the job. She She's looked good in the first tournament because they're road warriors right now. They yes. look good. They didn't win uh, every game but they were in every match, right. and then they come back the next week, sweep the Georgetown tournament, I'm good. Yes, and I think they're due to hit the road again, aren't they? Uh, they're going to be on the road forever. <laughs> road warrior, like you said. I'm serious. They're, yes. they're just playing every game on the road. They'll come back home and maybe play a couple of conference games <laughs> at home. I don't know. Yeah. I think Ari likes that. Yes. So That's good, though. Yeah. Uh, you get a um, you, you get a conference co-offensive player of the week in volleyball, a uh, no nods for a player of the week in um, football.
0: Not off of that a performance. No, though.
2: you get uh, quarterback Tyler Johnson the III, the quarterback for UAB, gets the offensive player of the week. Middle Tennessee junior uh, Reed Blankenship, the defensive player of the week, he had nine tackles and a pair of interceptions uh, with the win over Tennessee State. Special teams player of the week goes to uh, kicker Corey Munson from Westford. I'm sorry, Western Kentucky. He made the difference. Yeah, he made the difference. Pair of field goals and scored eight of the Hilltoppers' 20 points in the win. So you get 8 of the 20, you're the player of the week on the team, and you're the special teams player of the week in the league. Yes. And that's going to do it for this edition. Uh, back tomorrow, we'll do it all over again. We won't be here at the Union Pub and Grill, but you can come down anytime to 1125 4th Avenue in Huntington. If you come down today, the bottle specials are what, what it is. It's $1.50 a bottle, $2.00 call shots. We can't say it enough. That's uh, Herb's Monday special. So come down Monday Night Football. You can listen to it right here on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930 we get a a doubleheader of action tonight. Of course, you can watch the games right here at the Union Pub and Grill. Back in the studio, we thank Gabriel Sellerts. For Dave Walsh, I'm Paul Swan. This has been The Drive on ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W227BS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN, 94.1 FM and AM 930.